sing it again. He Despised and rejected, he was despised and rejected. A man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was wounded for our transgressions. And he was bruised for our iniquities. He died for me. Let me hear you. He died for me. He died for me. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. He died for me. I don't know where I'd be. So, so, Oh, he was despised and rejected. He was Oh, a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. He was wounded for our transgressions. But when he was bruised for our iniquities, all right, let me hear everybody. He died for me. Everybody, I want you to clap your hands. Oh, because we are thankful that the Lord died for us. Oh, he died on the cross, and on the third day he rose again so that we may have life more abundantly. Amen. Come on, Sopranos. Here we go, here we go.
we want to talk about a Jesus forgiveness. A Jesus forgiveness. Forgiveness is the pain-filled response of a spiritually submitted heart to tragedy, misery, pain, and suffering. Now, I want you to know what I said. It is a pain-filled response. A lot of people have a misunderstanding of what forgiveness is. They, they think that it is merely excusing someone's bad behavior. But forgiveness involves absorbing the pain from the one who hurt us. Absorbing the pain from the hurt that we have received and loving the one who hurt us despite the hurt they have inflicted. Forgiveness is an aspirational attribute of Jesus that we are expected to both have and regularly display toward one another. In Matthew 6, Jesus taught us to pray. And included in the prayer, he says, Forgive our trespasses as we forgive our trespassers. Forgive our trespasses is an acknowledgement that we have inflicted hurt on God. As we forgive our trespassers is an acknowledgement that hurt has been inflicted on us. And let's be real. At some point, somebody's going to cause you to hurt. Somebody's going to cause you to suffer. They will inflict distress and duress. They will deliver misery into our life situation. And it doesn't matter whether the pain is intentional or accidental. Pain is pain. Unintentional slights are no less painful than intentional ones. When we're in the group that's been hurt, Jesus says we must have an attitude of forgiveness. Forgiveness enables us to see the ugly things that have been done to us and reach out to lift the one who has hurt us rather than look for ways to hurt them in return. And we should not forget that Jesus draws a connection between our ability to be forgiving and our expectation to receive forgiveness. He says, if we're not willing to do the former, we have no right to expect the latter. In Matthew 6, 14 and 15, Jesus says, forgive people when they sin against you. If you do, your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive people their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. He says the same thing about passing judgment on folk. Matthew 7, 1 and 2. Do not judge others, 
then you will not be judged. You will be judged in the same way you judge others. You will be measured in the same way you measure others. Just as we have a need for the mercy of God, we also have a need for that mercy to extend itself to other people. Forgiveness is an aspirational attribute of Jesus. More than that, it is an inspirational attribute of Jesus. Forgiveness is where Jesus looks on us in our pitiful state and comes to our aid. And that's inspiring. I can't speak for anybody else, but it makes me feel good to know that I am forgiven. It makes me feel good to know that my sin has been covered by the sacrifice of Jesus. The supreme act of forgiveness was the offering of Christ on Calvary's cross. Isaiah prophesied about this forgiveness this way. He says, he was wounded for my transgression. That's forgiveness. He was bruised for my iniquity. That's forgiveness. The chastisement of my peace was placed upon him. That's forgiveness. And by his stripes, I have been healed. That is forgiveness. Forgiveness is aspirational. Forgiveness is inspirational. Forgiveness is also a liberating attribute of Jesus. You see, knowing that I've been forgiven frees me to forgive others. All right. Now, the scribes and Pharisees of Jesus' day, the representatives of Jewish religious orthodoxy, were not practitioners of forgiveness. They believed in something called remuneration which involved offering compensation for every debt that they owe. They believed in something that some of y'all believe in. An eye for an eye. A tooth for a tooth. A hand for a hand. A foot for a foot. And a life for a life. But Jesus' forgiveness reminds us that there are some debts for which there is no adequate compensation. There are some hurts that you can't pay your way out of. But on the cross, Jesus canceled our sin debt. On the cross, Jesus freed me to be a vessel of forgiveness toward those who have wronged me. And then the most important thing about forgiveness is that it is crucial to our salvation. There is no way, there is no way There is no way to be saved without being forgiven. You ain't holy enough to be saved. You ain't wise enough to be saved. You ain't special enough to be saved. You ain't educated enough to be saved. You sure ain't rich enough to be saved. You have to be forgiven. And we see how important forgiveness is in the fact that the first thing Jesus says from the cross is, Father, 
Forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Now, if we are to model a Jesus forgiveness, we have to understand that forgiveness may not be the most popular thing. I'm looking at your faces right now. It may not be the most popular thing, but it is the most important thing. There are a lot of things that we do in church that we put ahead of forgiveness. But none of them are as important as forgiveness. We put exciting worship ahead of forgiveness. We want a worship where there is excitement and clapping and dancing and shouting and feeling good. It's why some of us come to church. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with an exciting worship experience, but an exciting worship experience is not as important as forgiveness. We count regularity of worship attendance and serving with a ministry as being a part of having a successful church. And it is a part of having a successful church. But as important as those things are, they are not as important as forgiveness. Forgiveness is the most important thing because Jesus said so. Jesus made forgiveness his number one priority. Go to the cross with me and see what Jesus put forgiveness ahead of. Jesus loved his mother, and his mother was standing there at the foot of the cross. But before he said anything to his mother, he said, Father, forgive them. On the cross, he experienced a spiritual and physical struggle that was worse than anything anyone could imagine. He felt cut off from everyone, even God. But before he dealt with his own spiritual anguish, he said, Father, forgive them. For us to rightly model Jesus to the world, we have to make forgiveness as important to us as it was to Jesus. And then of Jesus' forgiveness is evidence of Christ's mercy. My brothers and sisters, mercy is essential to our salvation because mercy is Jesus' extension to us of another chance. You know, I, I hear folk talk about the grace of God, and I'm glad that God is gracious, but more than grace, I need mercy. You see, when grace has long been spent, mercy keeps giving me another chance. We all start off under the banner of grace, but if you've lived for more than a minute, you know that you ain't going to stay under the grace banner for very long. Sin pulls us out from under the grace banner. And once you're out from under the grace banner, you ain't got but one of two options, justice and mercy. And if you got any sense about you at all, you want to stay as far away from justice as you can. Justice says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Justice says there is none righteous. No, not one. If you knew yourself 
with all your pretense, with all of your appearances to the contrary, with all your trying to make folk think that you're something that you're not, you'd have to confess that justice don't help me. But I'm glad that there's another option out there. I don't have to choose the justice option. I have God's mercy. I came out from under grace's banner a long time ago, but, but I discovered that when grace could no longer cover me, God had a bigger banner. God had the mercy banner, and the mercy banner is for folk like me who flunked out on grace. The mercy banner is for folk who knew what was right and did wrong anyhow. That's me. The mercy banner was for those who found out that they weren't what they told folk they were. That's me. And Jesus is full of mercy. Because every time I mess up, his mercy gives me another chance. I thank God for Jesus' forgiveness because it is an extension of God's mercy. Well, finally, a Jesus forgiveness will move you to a radical love. You know, we talked about a Jesus love in the morning worship experience where Jesus told us to love one another the same way that he loved us. But as I close this morning, I want you to see that a Jesus forgiveness is directly connected to Jesus's love. It was the love of Jesus that caused him to forgive. And it was the forgiveness of Jesus that moved him to do an extreme thing. Can you see him hanging out on Calvary's Hill. Can, can, can you see him there after a night of torture and humiliation as he hangs there looking down around the cross? He could see the faces of the scribes and the Pharisees that beat him and falsely accused him. As he's hanging there, he could see the faces of the soldiers that had whipped him to within an inch of his life. As he's hanging there, he could see the faces of those who spit on him and struck him and wagged their tongues at him. And no doubt, because Jesus was just as human as you or I, there was something on Jesus' mind that he could have seen. But when he spoke, he didn't cuss anybody. He didn't condemn anybody. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Forgive those who plotted and schemed against me. Forgive those who beat me all night long. Forgive the ones who are making fun of me right now. Forgive Pilate for his vacillation. Forgive the religious crew for their hypocrisy. Forgive my disciples for running and hiding behind locked doors. Don't hold their weaknesses against them, but charge their debt to my account. My brothers and sisters, if we are to model Jesus, 
you've got to be able to model a radical love that will move you to forgive those who have hurt you. I don't know what the hurt is, but I do know this. Jesus has made it possible for you to forgive. Somebody's talking about you right now. Somebody's dragging your name through the mud. Somebody's texting on their phone right now, right about you. Don't let them drag you down. In the name of Jesus, say, Father, 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 forgive them, Father. Forgive their evil, Father. Forgive their meanness, Father. Forgive their wrong, Father. Forgive them. Because they don't know. I love the fact that Jesus said they don't know. What didn't they know, Jesus? They didn't know that I'm the only help that they can possibly have. They didn't know that I'm the only bridge over their troubled water. They didn't know that I'm the one who opens doors for them that men have closed against them. They didn't know that I'm the one who can turn the darkness of midnight into the light of noonday. They don't know that I'm bread in a starving land and water in dry places. Father! Forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Water you turned into wine Open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you There's none like you To the darkness you shine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. There's none like you. Say water you turned into wine. Water you turned into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. Open the eyes. 